In this episode, the women embracing opportunity as their businesses work to survive COVID-19 and the country wanting people to load up on fries. Welcome to the War Nomads podcast, delivered by War Nomads, the travel lifestyle and insurance brand. It's not your usual travel podcast. It's everything for the adventurous independent traveler. Hi, it's Phil and Kim sharing Julie and Amanda's story later. But Phil, what's news and what have you got for us? Okay, Paris has emerged from eight weeks of lockdown to new bike lanes. In fact, the main urban artery to the Louvre has been closed entirely. The reason? Combating climate change and promoting social distancing. Nice. Yep. Bike, yeah, everybody knows I'm a bike rider. With lockdown and self-isolating forcing us to stay home, many people have been enjoying cooking, inspiring the world's first COVID cookbook filled with recipes from home cooks around the world. To get a copy, you donate to Feeding America, a hunger relief organisation with a nationwide network of food banks, Feeding the Hungry. Great idea. Speaking of food, Belgians are being asked to eat more pommes frites or French fries with three quarters of a million metric tonnes of potatoes at risk of being destroyed because restaurants haven't been buying them. Save the potatoes. Save the potatoes. (laughs) What was it, Portugal? What was the one about the pine cone? Free the pine cone. That's exactly right. Yeah, free the potato. Free the potato. And a company in the bluegrass state of Kentucky has released a heap of Zoom backgrounds that will make you feel like you're on a farm or a bourbon distillery, even hanging out with some horses. I love the yeah, Zoom backgrounds. I know. And there was one company, we missed the cutoff date, unfortunately, to apply, but you could have had your Zoom conference live with the horses. <laughs> <laughs> well, Julie is a New Zealander who usually lives in Egypt from where she operates her international tour operator business, Venus Adventures. But on a recent trip home, Phil, she found herself stranded as the borders started closing. So Julie reached out to us She's been listening to the podcast, but she felt there was a conversation missing around a return to travel. Well, um, every morning I get up and I read all the travel trade news because uh, basically I want to know what's going on in the world. And I, I actually live in Egypt at the moment, but I'm a Kiwi and I came home after not being here for three years and I got stuck here. And all the travel trade news seems to go on about when airlines open up and when borders open up, the business travellers are going to come back and then it'll be luxury travel and then they go on about cruises and tourism and blah, blah, blah. But there is a huge segment that is being ignored and that is the fact that we are a global community and there are actually millions of people all over the world that are stuck in different countries to the ones that they were born in. Everything from kids studying abroad digital nomads, people married to foreigners, people who work overseas on their big OE. And I think, you know, when we're eventually all allowed out again globally, they're going to be the first ones in the queue at the airport and it's a huge market. What actually interested me most about you, Julie, is the fact that, okay, now here I am stuck back at home in New Zealand. I can't do my international business. So as, you know, in business speak, you are pivoting to providing the kind of services you were doing before, but to domestic travel, because that looks as though it's going to open up first in New Zealand. Yeah, yeah. Uh, We're not even sure when yet, but I'm getting ready for that and I'm surrounding myself with people who can help me out with that, like, you know, lodges, uh, vehicle drivers, guides, uh, finding out about activities that will be open. So, you know, I've got quite a task ahead over the next few weeks putting together fun and exciting trips for women 
specifically to be able to get away because everyone's been stuck in their bubbles, talking to the same people. We're all going up the wall. And I think, you know, one thing I've discovered uh, is people just want to have that face-to-face contact. You know, we are humans after all, and we want that contact and we just want to have some fun. Yeah, I'm pretty ready for it. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say you are too. And will you do this under the banner of Venus Adventures? Yes, I will, um, definitely. So I'm currently just adapting my website so that uh, you can go onto the website and look and see what's brewing until things have been brewed and the trips have been put together. As I said, I'm still waiting for a lot of operators to open up, you know, wineries, uh, gin distilleries and things like that to see where we can go. Um, And then it will be on the website because I am intending to do global trips again. I mean, I have a global market and my clients I've got a ton of returning clients because I offer great trips and uh, they'll all be champing at the bit to get out again as well so um, you know I'm looking at potentially next year for doing global trips again. What have you learned from running your uh, programs overseas in Egypt what what have you learned from that and you are adapting to the domestic travel? Well, it has, it's been kind of a process. I mean, the reason I live in Egypt is just, uh, well, there's several reasons, but one of the main ones is the fact that it's closer to all the destinations that I go to, which, are, you know, if I was in New Zealand, every time I get on a plane, it's a massive flight to get anywhere. So in Egypt, I, I can get a visa to stay there for up to a year. So it allows me to live there. Um, I really enjoy the community I'm part of there. So I, I came home and got stuck here and my whole life has been in limbo because I have a flat over there I have I have cats I have all my clothes you know I've just came here with a bag of clothes and now I'm <laughs> homeless so um adapting just means uh well, it's basically doing what I already do but doing it in my own country so it hasn't been it's not a huge thing it's nothing new to me it's just I have to do it at home now and I have to also look closely at what's happening in the buyer's mind at the moment or the tourists mine uh, they'll be looking for different things emotionally um maybe less uh they, they won't want to go to crowded places and they'll be looking to get out into nature more um and just connecting with their own peers and seeing how everyone else is yeah we've certainly learned that i've got to stop you though and ask how the cats are oh <laughs> i think they're okay yeah surely they're yeah. still deities over there they've been treated like gods aren't they <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, I live in the Sinai, so it's a bit different. It's the Bedouin culture that's uh, the main culture down there, not the Egyptian culture. That is a perfect segue. Tell us about that. Where do you live and what is that experience like? Is there a big expat community where you are? Yes, there is. I live in Dahab, which is in the Sinai Peninsula, which is uh, kind of between mainland Egypt and Israel. And obviously it's on the Red Sea, so it's it's a diving mecca. Uh, a freediving mecca, a kite surfing and windsurfing mecca. So there's a ton of foreigners that live there year round. Then there's retired people that have holiday homes there that can't get to them at the moment. Um, so it's a very varied community with people from all over the world living and working there. All of my neighbours are Bedouin who were traditionally nomads. And so I spend a lot of time out in the desert learning about Bedouin culture. Uh, I ran a, a trip with Bedouin women, uh, a hiking trip. Um, who took Egyptian woman hiking in the mountains, which was a groundbreaking uh, thing at the time. So, and, and the thing I love most about living there is 
the sense of community. Like I know all my neighbours, they're all Bedouin. I can go around to their house any time of day and have a cup of tea and a chat. And that's one thing I miss coming back to the Western world, you know. It's just really nice to be part of a community and that's something that I, I really love over there. You know, even the supermarket man, if I don't go into the supermarket and they're just tiny little supermarkets, he doesn't see me for a few weeks. He rings up and says, where have you been? I haven't seen you. I thought you were in hospital or in jail or something. Who are you staying with and what are you doing for clothes? <laughs> Good question. Um, well, when lockdown happened, uh, I was basically making my merry way around New Zealand, visiting friends and having adventures. And then I was in the bush on a bike trip for two days. We came out and it was announced, you've got 48 hours to get to your lockdown location. I just said, oh, I have to go and stay with my mother. <laughs> Ended up at my mother's house just because she is over 70 and they're not supposed to go out shopping by themselves. So I came here to help her out. But, you know, obviously who wants to live with their mum? <laughs> so at the beginning of this chat, you identified that segment that is the digital nomad. It's the people that are stuck in their holiday homes, the kids studying abroad. They're going to be the first ones lining up at the airport. Yeah. You, you're you there in New, New Zealand, as we said, pivoting. Yeah. What's going to happen when the borders open? Are you going to be one of those people that will rush back to, to um, Egypt? As, yeah, as soon as I can, you know, obviously I'll have to take into account what's happening here and if I have any trips running and if it's a good time to go or not. Um, everything is so uncertain, so it's not until that day happens that I can make the decision. But, yes, I'll be heading back, you know, my life's over there. Thanks for getting in touch, Julie. Great stuff. Okay, look, to share your story or thoughts, please email us, podcast at worldnomads.com. Amanda is the founder of the Solo Female Travel Network. It's a 200,000-plus online community connecting women with wanderlust. And just like Julie, Amanda views this current time as an opportunity. Yeah, so um, we are a community for women who travel solo, and we're all about community. So um, we believe that community is the foundation for the best trips ever, and also safety, uh, which is especially important as women traveling alone. And it's really important to us um, to connect with like-minded women around the world. Um, and so, yeah, in a nutshell, that's, that's what we're about. So how has COVID-19 affected your business? Um, well, <laughs> like, like every travel company, everything is canceled for the foreseeable future. So in, in that area, it's been, of course, pretty devastating in terms of bookings and um, lots of canceled plans and, and all of that. But um, the positive side of it is it's given us this really amazing opportunity to explore other ways to build our community and offer the support that our members are looking for. So uh, we're actually in the process of launching a like a, a membership. It's a culture-driven learning platform that has courses and events, for now all virtual, um, that are all about solo female travel and also um, connecting with um, women around the world um, in, a, in a bit more of an authentic way. So in many ways, the world stopping has offered an opportunity for companies to A, get up to date with their administration and B, think about how they can do things a little differently. It's been a, a really big opportunity for us. Of course, at first it was just, you know, 
it was hard to see through all of the cancellations, but since then, um, a wonderful opportunity for our business to focus on other things, to regroup, to get um, things like our website um, updated, to get our, like this new program we're launching, to get that uh, going. So yeah, it's been a really great opportunity for us to just go back to our basics and focus on the community. And you're confident that once we can start traveling again, that uh, you will you know, rise to the top again? Oh, definitely. Definitely. We're really excited about it. Um, we have lots of new trips uh, that we're planning and releasing. And I think that once the world safely opens again, people are going to be so ready to get, to get back out there. And um, it's going to be such a beautiful, exciting time for everybody. So it's ironic you're talking about that and there's a plane flying across. I know. <laughs> Very ironic. <laughs> Um, well, we all can't wait until we can we can travel again. Do you think it will be a different type of travel? It'll probably go in stages. We'll start being able to travel very close to home, day trips around us, and then it'll graduate to um, dom more domestic trips for a while, and then um, and then at some point we'll be able to travel internationally. But yeah, I think people will probably be looking at things um, with. Uh, with health and safety in mind a little bit more. Links to the Solo Female Travel Network and Venus Adventures in show notes. As usual, next episode, how online magazine and travel company Atlas Obscura have navigated through the pandemic so far. They have a cool article on their site right now, which we will share. It's about an LA-based travel photographer. Obviously, her travel plans were um, thrown into it's the dust. Disarray, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So she's gone around her house and recreated the outdoors using stuff from the laundry, the pantry, including pancakes and onions. It's super, super cool. See ya. Bye. Bye. The World Nomads Podcast. Explore your boundaries.